Today's show is sponsored by the MultiorgasmicMama.com. If lack of confidence, low libido, or guilt and shame around your sexuality are the cause of your bedroom woes, you know, the hot wild sex you never have anymore, or the transition into motherhood that sucked your libido dry, let me help you get your mojo and magnetic feminine spark back. Magic, miracles, total self-love, and multi-orgasmic bliss included. See you at TheMultiorgasmicMama.com. What's up, hot mamas? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest that I want to introduce for you real quick. Her name is Veronica, and she is a participant in the Essentially Embodied Woman JDEG group coaching program. That is my 10-week program to remove all of your blocks to pleasure, turn on, and feeling confident and sexy in your body. And I brought her on today because I want you to know that there's nothing special about me or her, or any other woman that I've interviewed on this podcast, that sexual wholeness, sexual healing, a feeling of being fully sexually expressed, having your desire ignited, all of that, feeling amazing in your body, is not something that needs to take years in therapy. It is not something that needs to, (laughs) that you need to put off anymore either. And the awesome thing is that you don't have to. Because the next round of the Essentially Embodied Woman group coaching program starts the week of July 27th, and the last day to apply is July 22nd. So if you head to themultiorgasmicmama.com forward slash sensually dash embodied dash woman, you will see all of the information you need to apply for the program and have results just like Miss Veronica here. If you want results like her, and if you're willing to do the work now and make the investment in yourself, because this is the most important investment you'll ever make in your life, because it involves your relationships and your love life, which if there's anything that makes a person cranky and not happy in their life, it's this. So I would encourage you to apply. All right. Without further ado, here is Veronica, wife and busy mom of four. Hey, Veronica, how are you doing today? Hey, Tilly, I'm doing well. How are you? Amazing. Thanks for asking. So tell us, what were you struggling with? What was like your biggest desire for signing up for this program? So decreased libido. Um, I'm uh, a mom of four, a busy mom of four, and our kids are all um, pretty close together and young. So I didn't want this to be I felt like age-wise, um, I'm just like, in, I'm not just entering my mid-30s. So I felt like I was too young to be feeling like an old thought. Decreased libido, decreased energy. I was just kind of like genuinely dissatisfied with how life was, as a, who I was as a mom, who I was as a wife. Not necessarily in my relationship with my husband, like as a lover, but just frustrated with how overwhelming life was. Um, And so when I would see Tilly post about the group and what she was going to be working on, the posts that resonated the most with me were her posts on like the energetic aspect of her work. So they all spoke to the same issues that I actually ironically was dealing with in talk therapy and had been for about uh, like six months. So it was like, I would go see my therapist and then later that day Tilly would pop up and I was like, uh, uh, like, is she eavesdropping? It's exactly the same thing that we talked about in my session today. And so it was just constant bombardment almost of like, this is really what I need. No, I don't want to spend that much money on myself because I'm a mom of four. Um, I'll just figure this out by myself, but I wasn't. And so I just really, after I, I honestly, the 10th encounter of, oh, oh, that's not normal. Oh, it's not supposed to be this way. It was like, okay, now it's time to just go ahead and, um, and sign up. And I've been following Tilly for, I don't know. I've been listening to the podcast for probably at least a year, for sure a year, probably maybe longer. Has it been around for longer than a year? I don't know. But for a long time, like, I think I listened to episode two. Like, I remember seeing that. So it's been there. And I've been able to access, you know, some of the knowledge that you shared on social media. But um, I was really just at a point where I was like, I'm gonna fix it. So I was ready to fix it. 
and and we're fixing it. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Yeah, mom of four and really struggling with lack of libido and like feeling just drained and like not much pleasure and joy in motherhood. Yeah, I was grumpy mom mm. all the time. Yeah, all the time, and <laughs> I didn't. Now I know I didn't need to be a grumpy mom all the time, but like there was just, I didn't know how to mother in a different way. I'd always been kind of in survival mode because ours were so, our children are, are like, our first two were just a year apart. The next one's just like a year and a half apart. And the last two were about a year and a half apart. So um, I feel like I only knew how to parent in survival mode and I knew it was time to get out of it, but I didn't know how. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that you were doing talk therapy at the time and, mm-hmm. you know, this still pulled toward you. Like what, what happened there? Like, what was the thing that was like, this is totally different than talk therapy and I know I'm going to get something different out of it. Like, I'm curious. How well, that- my talk therapist isn't teaching me how to have really good orgasms. So that, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that if I hadn't been in talk therapy for as long and hadn't had the breakthroughs that I had there, that I wouldn't have recognized the need for additional work with you, that it needed to go further, that, I, that there was more, like things had gotten better and I was understanding myself and who I was and why I made the decisions that I made and why I behaved the way that I behaved. Like, talk therapy was vital for that. And I think if I wasn't in it, then I wouldn't have recognized those needs that were going to be available to me in, in your program. And, you know, it didn't help my energy level. Like it's like, great. I know why things aren't working out or I know the reason why I feel the way that I do, but like, and now it's time to, so how do I not feel this way? And that was where I was kind of, I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. And so it was the, the knowing that I was going to get a blueprint or a roadmap out of it was, was a biggie. Yeah. Okay. One thing that I often hear from busy moms, especially if they're new moms, is that I don't have time for this. I'm too tired. And you had that too. And yes. You wanted to do this because you're like, I know there's something around sexuality and energy. And like, if I can get that ignited, then I will have more energy. So yes. tell me about that. Like, how did you overcome that challenge of being like, I have four freaking kids and I'm tired all the time. Why am I going to add another program or do something else? I'm when I'm already going to therapy. Like, I'm just curious how that went too. So it's probably, it'll be two years this July. I worked two years ago, I worked with a health coach. I would, had done like a year of intermittent fasting and lost this. And it wasn't just like baby weight. It was like all, all my life weight. Like it was stuff that need, it, I was unhealthy and I didn't like, and even, even like boo on all that. Like I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like how clothes fit me or how I, if I wasn't happy with that, then I needed it to change. And I did intermittent fasting for a year and lost some of the weight and like worked out and stuff at home, but like never really pushed myself and was kind of stuck. So realized that I needed to invest in, if this was something I really wanted to do, that I needed to invest in my health and well-being, which is going to be better for my family because a healthy mom is vitally important to a healthy family. And I worked with the coach for about a, it wasn't quite a year anyway, and had a lot of success. And after working with her, so like she gave me the, helped me understand how my body works. Let me understand what was best for it and why that was so, and pushed me to do more and be better and reminded me that I could do it. It was hard. Um, not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Although there were some days that I probably literally cried because I wanted the Snickers, but like the payoff at the end was worth it. And so at the end of that, I, I was in possession of the tools that I needed to continue to be healthy and 
um, to continue that lifestyle. And it really has become like a lifestyle. So I'd already made a big lifestyle change and saw positive results from that and was knew that I could maintain that, you know, for another year and, and even amplify it like when I, when I needed to. So the thought of doing another program really wasn't super intimidating because I've done hard things and I knew that I could do it. Now, when I signed up, there was no quarantine. So I had, you know, a good two hours every day that all of my children were at school where I had the luxury of watching the, you know, doing all of the work in that little bit of time. And so when quarantine happened, I thought that we were going to push pause and then finish the program later. So the hardest part was during keeping it up during quarantine, but that also came at a big point, turning point in the program for me when I realized that I was not communicating my needs and that my needs are as important as everyone else's needs because as moms, we put ourselves on the back burner. And so it really made me have to say, this is what I need. I need 30 minutes today to go do this. I need 10 minutes today to go do this. And doesn't that sound foolish that we would feel guilty for saying, I need 40 fucking minutes. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, but, but it's hard. But it's hard to say that. It's hard to say those words. And so that was kind of my priority. So it was, it, you know, initially I, I had budgeted the time differently for when I would work on the program. And so that had to change. Um, and part of my ability to adapt was because of the program, but that's a whole, that's a, that's a big long story, but yeah. So it was just knowing that something had to give, I needed to do this for me, for my relationship with my husband, for my relationship with myself. Um, sex had gotten not boring, but like, you know, the episode of friends when she's like draws a erogenous zone, she's like, okay, so you do a one and then a one and a two. And then one, two, three. So it was literally like that. Like I had like a pattern. And if you press the buttons in that order, you know, an orgasm would happen, which is fine. But like stuff happens and what if a button malfunctions or whatever? It was not consistent. And I was getting very frustrated. And I didn't want that to be something present in the bedroom, in my bedroom. Mm. Um, And then that carrot, that kind of, when that's the energy or that's the tone that you've set, or that is set in your body, then that carries over into everything. So it was just time, it was time for a change. And it was time for me to take, you know, 30 minutes, a couple times a week to just do what what mama needs to do. So it just kind of had to be a priority for me. Yeah. There are a couple of things about your relationship and experience that I want to point out. So you've been with your husband for 20 years, right? Yes. Married for 10. Yeah. That's a long long time. And he was my first, like, and only everything there was. And in, in doing the program, realizing that there was some hurt there that I didn't initially perceive as hurt, but um, a lot of the, things that I've, I learned in the program made me realize that there was some trust that was broken along the way that needed to be mended. So those were a couple of uh, hard and heavy conversations to have. And, but at the same time, being together for so long, there's such a level of trust there. Like I knew that I could say, be honest and say, you know, whatever things that had come up or your kinks in the chain, whatever and know that it was safe. Like we were going to come out and be fine and be better because of it, but it's still not a fun. doesn't mean that it was a fun, those were fun conversations to have, but yeah. So like, I've only known his body. He's only known my body. So how do you, how do you tell somebody 10 years later? "Mm, It's really not been that great. Okay. You know, I, I let this go on for 10 years, but things have really not been that great. So let's try to make it better. Now, all for, he's all for making it better. Just, just tell me what I need to do. What, but, what buttons do I need to press? What is the new code? Like, whatever we need to do to get there. And, you know, one of the other participants, where our little group is still 
in contact with each other. Um, posted a video the other day about this guy who was kind of annoying, but whatever. Um, talking about reframing like words like vulnerability, which he said felt very heavy to him. He's like, it's just honesty. And so I feel like this program really makes you become, uh, teaches you how to be honest with yourself. And then in doing so, you have to be honest with others. Like you can't perpetrate a lie anymore. It wasn't an intentional lie, but it was, I don't know what you call I, I, It was like you get reprogrammed and you're like, oh, none of that was true. It all needs to be readdressed or whatever thing, you know, needs, thing, needs have changed. Things have changed. Shit. I mean, have you looked at yourself lately? Like physically you've changed. So birth and four babies, you know, doesn't, uh, it leaves its mark. So, you know, it, it makes sense that what we would need now or what I would need now would be very different from when we were newlyweds. So, um, there was a lot of that honest, you know, having to be honest with each other, but that makes you closer. It was all, all good things, but, but difficult stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that you call it like putting in the work because it is work. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Also, you had mentioned that you, since you don't been with him and only him for mm-hmm. 20 years, there was like, you know, all of your sexual experiences were based with him. Mm-hmm. And there was like a lack of inner knowing of what you really wanted and liked. for Yes. Yourself. Yes. So where were you with that when you started the program? I had experienced self-pleasure before, but it was never like anything fantastic. It's still not something that I'm like, that I get super excited about, but that's just because our intimacy is all about being intimate with each other and being connected to each other. And that amplifies my experience by a hundred. So because I was not super familiar with self-pleasuring, I don't think I had it all since the kids. I didn't know what I liked. I don't know what my body want. I didn't know what my body wanted. I didn't know what felt good, what didn't feel good. I didn't, like I said, like the code didn't work anymore. The the pattern was failing. So like, what does work? What is the new pattern? What is going to feel really good? And um, it was, I feel like explore, exploring that on your own can be very daunting. Like that's a big task. But this broke it down, you know, like each week you got in a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and you tried some new things and you really, it was a gentle way of learning what feels good for your body. And then that's really fun information to tell your lover, like, Hey, guess what? (laughs) I found out that, you know, I don't really like oral sex. I would really rather have this happen to me. So and I feel like some of it's like stereotype stuff, like things, I mean, even our, in our very last session, things that I thought as a woman were supposed to feel good to have you say like, it's okay. It may just not feel good for you. I was like, what? <laughs> That's supposed to feel good for everyone. But like, I never gave myself permission for things to either feel good or not feel good. Like I was always trying to just get to climax and not enjoying the ride. And so this really taught me how to be gentle and just enjoy all of the aspects of, of pleasure, whether it's by yourself, whether it's with your partner and like even just reframing what pleasure is. Like it's not, obviously the program's very sexual, but it's not like, it, it is the hardest thing to describe to anybody yeah. because yes, sex is a big part of it. It is so feminine. I don't, I, I can't even like describe it. It's just very feminine. So all of the things that make like women wonderful and luscious and beautiful is like what you're working on in the program. So it's like a gentle unfolding versus, you know, just here's your new pattern and there you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it is a very difficult program to describe to somebody who's not done it. And I think if you talk to all four of us together, none of us could, could come up with the same way to describe it. 
would yeah. I be screwed? Yeah. Like, I don't know. What would you say? What would you call it? Yeah. And see, that's very true of the experience of female pleasure is yes. also the exact same is that it's very different. And I remember our last call, I was talking about how like, you know, we do the, the Jade Egg Sexy session and it's all about like really owning your flavor of sexy and how yeah. different that can look for every woman that that is that it's so different for every woman that it doesn't have to you don't have to look like a freaking porn star you know you can be a total nerd and that can be like the sexiest thing about you or like yeah there's just like a different flavors of what being sexual is and when it's coming from like that authentic place deep inside and it's not something that you're trying to force because you think that's how it's supposed to look it's honest Mm mm-hmm yeah. And then that's, that's very, um, the, you know, one of the, one of our participants is dating or, you know, she's, she's not in a committed relationship and I just admired her bravery in like, that's brave to go out on a limb and date. Like it was hard for me to, to have this experience, like with my husband, who is someone that I trust wholeheartedly. Like I can't imagine, like that's just, that's so brave to me that she's willing to, and not, and I'm not saying like sexually, but even, but like just the opening up and the being very honest and willingness to be vulnerable with, with other people is um, something that I really admired uh, about her. Yeah. I should probably send her a message about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She'd probably love to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) And for you, a lot of your journey and, I remember one of our first sessions, you were always talking about how you're a control freak. Like it's really hard for you to just go and not have like an outcome in mind and then not achieve that outcome Mm -hmm. and how that was showing up in your sex life because it's like these buttons aren't working anymore and it's about pushing the right buttons. And the whole time I was trying to get you to like really drop that whole goal and like stop trying to find the right buttons and just like take the moment for what it is and find the yeah. pleasure in each moment. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about that journey for you. <laughs> um, so I am a, con- I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, like my therapist would say, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm someone who has perfectionistic tendencies and that part of me is important, but it does not define me. Mm-hmm. And that person's at the table because that person can definitely get things done, but there are other people at the table. Um, who need to get invited to the party. So yeah, everything was very climax oriented with sex. Like, and I would get, and some of it is because, I mean, with four kids, sometimes there's just your windows. Yeah. Come saw. So there was not the luxury of time to just sit there and, and, and build. So everything was just very climax oriented. And if things were not getting there, then I was, I would just like kind of shut down. The big takeaways from working together was reframing consent for me. I think it was week one. You said, if your body's an, unless you're a full body, yes, then you really should not have sex. And that was, I just cannot tell you how powerful that was for me because I did not it, it reframed it from being an external thing. So like consent is like me saying, yes, okay, we can have sex or whatever to internal. So like, what is your body feeling? If, and, and it's okay. Um, I think we all kind of struggled as a group with um, accepting our no's. So like when we were a no, um, being okay with that and not feeling guilt about being a no. And that was, that was one of the hard conversations to have with my husband because I think a lot of the times there were, there, you know, it's like, okay, well, if I can just, if you can just come, then we can go to bed. And that's, that does me a disservice. That's devaluing myself and allowing myself to devalue myself. It's not him. That wasn't him saying, I need to do this. That was me taking that on. Being a good wife. Being a good wife. Yeah. So having, so that 
was a big deal for me. So being able to say, you know, I'm just really not feeling it tonight. And even, and it was hard at first, but once you have, like, once you go into it saying, okay, well today I'm a full body. Yes. And having those experiences, it's highly motivating to respect, like you see the power in the yes and you feel the power in the yes. And um, there's amazingness in the power in the yes. And so it makes the nose a little bit easier to handle. Like, okay, the, you know, we can either have really shitty sex tonight that's probably going to cause some like damage, not necessarily physically, but like that's going to hurt emotionally. Or we can wait until we're both, I mean, he's always a yes, so whatever. But like, we can wait till I'm a yes. And then it can be like, outstanding amazing because look a guy has an ego and they like the results of a full body yes because then when they go and you're like eh, then it's then sex is meh and they're like well okay now hold on lady <laughs> last week you had said that was the best orgasm of your life now i have now he has goals and so he wants to always push it to that point and so really realizing what, what needs to happen for, um, for me to either kind of turn up my dial. So if, am I a zero today? Am I a two? Am I a three? What would I need to make myself into like a full 10? And some days it is, I am a zero and nothing. End of, end of sentence, done. Mm-hmm. I am done with people. I need to go to, especially during quarantine. Like I just, I just need to sleep. But sometimes it's like, maybe I'm a five. Maybe I can get to a six. And then you kind of work your way up to a 10. Um, It's called foreplay. And um, (laughs) it's something that I think we forget or we don't, we think it has to be a certain way. And foreplay for, for, you know, one of us was very different from foreplay from the other one of us, which was also another great thing. I don't know if I talked about that, but I initially did not want to do it because it wasn't private because it was in a group of people of strangers that made me nervous, but that was so power. And you said it like week one, but it really was so powerful to have all of us in it and supporting one another. And, you know, we're the only four people that, that knew what that experience was like. We are the only four people that could understand when we use term new terminology to us or when we, uh, we're there from the beginning to the end of the journey. And that was a, that was really powerful, but yet yeah, that was a really big thing. And so when I'm a, when I know that I'm a yes, it's so much more easier to like, just surrender to what things are. And I have a more powerful voice now in my bedroom and saying, I don't like that. Stop. Or I do like that. Please keep going. No, I didn't say to change. I said to keep doing exactly what you were fucking doing. And really being able to, you know, have, feel empowered in that. And it's not, oh, well, let's try. Oh, it's like, I know <laughs> this is, this is right. This is wrong. This is work. This doesn't work. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, tell me about the self-pleasure thing. Cause I know you had a really big win there. And also tell me how your energy levels feel different after doing this. So I was actually able to self-pleasure without like visual stimulation. So without porn, I think you're the first sexpert <laughs> that I've talked to that was like, and you're not anti, so I don't want to say that, but like you talk about like vibrators, not necessarily like everybody else is like, Oh, you need to get this, this one, or you need to do that, you know, and everybody else is so pro porn. And so it was so refreshing to work with. That, that's why I just feel like this is so feminine. It's such a feminine program. You always say, you're like, if it is something that adds to your pleasure, go for it. But if it is a crutch, then it's not helping you. So I realized that those were things that I was, that they were crutches because there was, I couldn't without them. Mm-hmm. And so for the whole program, we worked. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else was you know, self-pleasure city. And here I was in the desert, like guys, (laughs) this is not working. It's, it was nice. All of those weeks, cause it was 10 weeks really did teach me though. Like, so do a practice and 
a lot of the girls would, I say a lot of the girls, most of the girls would achieve some type of like orgasm, whatever, during, during the self-pleasure practices. And I didn't. And I was like, well, am I broken? No, I'm not. I was, but I was having intense moments of pleasure, but not reaching climax. But at the end of the sessions, I was fine. That is not something that would have been okay before. That would have just ruined my whole day. So realizing what I need to, A, what I need to achieve self-pleasure and B, really being able to like surrender that need for a climax. Like if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it was really, you know, this was all really nice and really fun. We, uh, so part of the the program is that you, you get guided self-pleasure practices. And then another part is like you get energy practices. And there were days where like, I remember I was like, I wonder if I can recycle chi energy into jing energy because I feel like I'm pretty good. <laughs> but like, where's my libido at? Oh, I needed to like reverse cycle. <laughs> but those energy practices really, one... Uh, help me recognize how uncomfortable I am with rest and stillness, which is not a healthy thing. I think that's a very, I don't know, inner, like productivity as a measurement of prosperity is not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, but that was definitely like my mindset. That was something that was from childhood. So, and, and you helped me. Those are things that, again, I, t- I knew from talk therapy but then I didn't know how to make that, make it change. And the energy practices helped me make it change. It made me stop. It made me have quiet, which is not something that I've ever been comfortable with ever, but it's something that I now enjoy. And in taking just that bit of time and, and like right now and during a lot of the quarantine, I had to go back to like some of the very short energy practices, like five minutes of just a quick meditation to get myself ready for the day. And that makes such a big difference. Like you have got to fill your cup from somewhere and giving yourself that permission to rest and to surrender to whatever you're feeling in that moment. And like, I would feel like there was like ants crawling on my body. And like, like I, I did not want to be still. I did not like the stillness, but it really does restore you. And my energy levels have been great. Actually, they ha- they were really great, like during that last week, and then they plummeted. I changed my um my uh, I take a I was taking Prozac and s- switched to a different medication, and it's been like phenomenal. Like phenomenal. It's like I finally found the combo that's really working. Like I feel like even before I was probably fighting the Prozac, so now it's just it just it feels amazing. Like I have energy, and like week one did my first like one practice and I hung up all the pictures in our house that had been down for a year while we repainted and I just didn't want to put them up and I thought I just was I don't know had the had the don't want but like it was like it moved it pushed whatever that block was and like I feel much more creative now I've been like scrubbing gutters and (laughs) like stuff that we've been needing to do for a long time but just have not done my husband keeps saying, he's like, I just kind of can't get over your energy levels. Like they've never been this good. You've never had this much energy. And it, I, this was the big part of it. I, you know, I, I work out a lot. I eat really well. So like what I sleep really well at night. So why am I still so tired? Why am I still so tired? And I think a lot of it was this, there was no rest, no real rest, which is something that I talked again. i we discuss and talk therapy, but there's no plan. Like, that's great. So if I need to meditate, fine. I don't, I can't, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't even think of how, I don't want to think of how to do that. (laughs) And so this gave me the blueprint of how to do it. And now I have all these wonderful practices in my back pocket that I can scroll through and say, okay, today I really feel like I need to do this practice. And I've gotten so much better at knowing when, it's like an energy level thing. Like, okay, I really need to stop and fill, fill that cup versus like my body is tired mm-hmm. because there is a difference and, and they need different things. That was really powerful too. The first, I remember the first time that I was like, whoa, okay, I don't think this is a, I don't need an energy practice. Like I need a nap. Yeah. I am like actually tired. 
and being able to trust that because I haven't been able to trust like what my body tells me. So that's been great. Yeah. I, that last part right there, I'm able to trust what my body tells me. That, to me, that's like the biggest win of the whole That thing. was a big, yeah, that was a biggie. That was a biggie. Yeah, that's huge. Mm, my goodness, I love that so much. Wow. Okay, yeah, I remember that first week when you were like, I'm hanging pictures. I have so much energy. And this was before quarantine because it was like, I know, I think. So I really had energy then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So this is before. I don't have four kids sucking it out of me 24 hours a day. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. Okay. So I'm wondering what feels possible in your relationship, you know, with your husband, with your kids, um, or for yourself now that you've done this program. So a couple, well, several things. One of the big things that, that I, I didn't like the way I was mothering my children. I didn't like the mom I'd become. I mean, as a mom, you got to lay down the law. You got to handle business because that's how you shape and mold people into decent human beings. But I, I forgot how to play. And I, I was, I was very self-conscious in expressing that with my children doing the work with this program. Look, Again, so talk therapy. We talked a lot about my fear of being seen as a fool, mm-hmm. like my fear of foolishness. I don't want anybody to make fun of me. I don't want people to laugh at me. A lot of the times I'll like be the funny person so that they're laughing with me. They're not laughing at me. And going this program helped me see, have huge revelations as to why that was and how to fix it and releasing a lot of the pressures that I put on myself to be perfect um, so that nobody can laugh at you and nobody can criticize you. The other day, my kids were pulling around a wagon and I, I sat in it just because I was being lazy and I didn't want to stand up anymore. And then they started pulling me in the wagons so like, we're going to have a mama parade. And so they pulled me up and down my street. Look, all the na- it's quarantine, so everybody's outside. All the neighbors are like laughing. So like we wave, the kids are bring me stuff to like throw in the street. But we had fun. Another day, we were outside planting plants, which ordinarily would zap. I love to garden. I like getting my hands dirty. I like the dirt under my fingernails. I like the creativity of planting a bed. But it usually wears me out. So by the end, don't fuck with me because I'm tired. And we planted a bed. The kids were doing something. I don't remember what. And I squirted one of them with the hose. And then it was like, oh, it's a hose war. Well, then my <laughs> husband got the hose and squirted me with it. Now, ordinarily, I probably would have maybe divorced him. Like, <laughs> that would have just ticked me off. But we just laughed. And we had fun. And we all were soaking wet. And he was like, this has never, ever happened since mm-hmm. we've had kids. Never. And it made me sad that like my kids didn't know that their mom can be fun. And, and so one of the things with the program is like, when we talk about pleasure, it's not always a sexual thing. Like it's about finding pleasure in everything and in all aspects of your life and being open to what that looks like. So before I would be very shut off because a lot of the times pleasure is fun, but it's silly and it can be foolish. So I'm so happy that like, I've reignited that or opened that up with my kids. Um, and that's not saying that mama likes to play all the time because there are times that I don't want to be the baby dog anymore. And y'all need to just go play. That's why there's four of y'all. There's somebody else for you to play with. Mm-hmm. But much more willing to like engage with them. Another big skill is manifesting. Mm-hmm. So like in our little journal, that was so powerful and I still don't understand how it works. And I just think that there's so many um, different uh, people just talk about it differently. So some people say, oh, when you pray to God, then you know, things can happen. And some people would say it's magic. And some people, you know, whatever. Really tapping into yourself and recognizing what do I need? What do I want? What is something that I, that I really want to have happen in my life? Writing that down. And bringing it to the forefront of your mind is so powerful. Then you're like looking for it. It's like a signal to yourself, to your subconscious, to like the world that like, this is something that I want to happen. It's like 
uh, they always talk about like people who write down goals are more successful. It's that, like, it's that reminder that you think that this is important. And so how are we going to take steps to make that happen? So that was, that was a big thing. And recognizing that, that you have, like, there's power within you, make shit happen. Like, <laughs> you are, you are powerful, like, in and of yourself, because you are you. Yeah. So recognizing that. I feel so a return of creativity and it can just be trimming a tree. It can be planting a garden bed. It can be scrubbing down my windows outside, like whatever, but like having the energy to accomplish a task that's not on the list of everyday things to do is something that I did not have before. Mm. And so, you know, I don't know that could be, I don't guess it's creativity, but like just being will, a willing participant, an active participant in life again. I feel like I'd gotten very passive. And so switching that to being active. I feel in our marriage, like better orgasms, more orgasms. And, and to say that they are better and more is an understatement, like phenomenal. So, you know, if that's 20 years in, 10 years in, then what is that? If things just keep getting better, which they will, like we're going to be rocking this shit in our 70s. <laughs> Okay, you will. Like, you're not going to want to live next door to us. Like, that's the sex house. <laughs> oh, my don't God. Don't go in on grandma and grandpa. Yeah, don't go knocking on grandma and grandpa's door. Oh, this makes me so happy. <laughs> um, and, like, being able to communicate with him in a kind way. So it's not just coming from a place of frustration with something that, uh, that I, I learned with, with you guys. And I mean, some of that was some skills from talk therapy too, but like really recognizing what is something that I really need to talk to him about. What is something that's like a me issue versus a him issue? What do I want his help to do? I remember um, you were, you said, and I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but you were like, they want to like, he, they want to help you. They want to fix it. They always want to fix it. So it is important for you to tell him when there's an issue and he can help you, like let him help you to fix it. It's, it's our sex life together. So like we both need to, I need to invite him in to help solve those problems. Mm. And obviously that would go across all that. I mean, that, that's across all aspects of life. And then um, I feel so much more prepared for discussing these issues with my children as they get older so much more prepared, especially for my girls um, in a way that I didn't, I didn't know, but even for, for my son, like just that. So having the talk, this series of talks, I think is something that's very intimidating for all parents. And it's like, I just so don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And so just cause I know what the, that there's such long-term implications um, for that conversation. So I really feel like I am much better prepared to have those conversations with them and prepare them for their, like, you know, embracing their sexuality versus repressing it. So, uh, but, but all in safety and love and truth. So that is a biggie. And in recognizing the, the dampening that I had, that I did to myself to fit a mold to recognize when I'm having a tendency to do that to my children and being able to stop and really reevaluate and reassess. One of my children is very creative. Her room looks like a junkyard because she's always creating. And that is just how her little brain works. And I am a, the opposite end of that. I am creative, but like, honestly, if you give me a room to organize, like I will have the biggest smile on my face because that makes me so happy. Like just bringing order to a situation. So her little chaotic world drives me bananas. But recognizing that that's me, that's not her. It's not bugging her. I mean, sometimes there's a safety issue. <laughs> like if there's a fire, you have to be able to get out of this room. But really being able to see them for who they are and recognizing when something's my own trigger and, and being able to kind of edit that out of myself because it's something that I don't want yeah mm. so those are all my big my oh. big things <laughs> amazing 
So what type of woman would you suggest or would you think would or should join this program? (laughs) So I think, first of all, if your orgasms are shitty, (laughs) are you not having any? Are you not having a lot? You should sign up. (laughs) Because that really, sex is such a connector, um, but great sex is like I don't know like a welder I don't know I don't know what the there's no romantic term for like forging that but like I think just maxim maximizing your pleasure in that is super important and prioritizing your pleasure and realizing that it's okay to prioritize it um like there's that meme that goes around it's like if if the re uh advancement of the human population was depending upon a woman having an orgasm, there'd be like eight people on earth. Like that's sad that that's even a thing, but it, but it's a thing. So like if you're one of those women, sign up. I think people who have feel like really low energy are people who feel stuck. I feel like that was kind of a sensation I had. I didn't know that that's what it was, but now I know looking back, like you're just stuck in a place that you don't want to be in. Be like in a funk, whatever. Um, I think they would benefit from it. I think young women, I mean, I'm not an old woman, but if I'd have known this shit at the beginning of my sexual journey, that's that would be some very powerful knowledge to have. So, like, it's not just for older women who have lots of children and you know or whatever it's not just that like I mean if I'd have been 20 and known all this stuff that that's life-changing and any woman with a lack of self-confidence this has healed so many of those wounds that were there from when I was younger when my mother was younger when her mother was younger probably when her mother was younger and things that I was taking steps to, to heal, but like, I need, like, I needed an intensive, like I worked with the health coach. Okay. So, and she would even say, she's like, so is there a number that you, once the scale was there that you would say, I'm done. And I was like, honestly, probably not. She's like, that's an issue. You have to, at some point you have to just be happy with who you are all aspects of who you are. I think that's where the group really came into play too. Like having a group of women who were going to love you through this, whether you were light and peppy, whether something really funny happened or whether it was just dark and shitty. And so kind of like that unconditional love, which I have for my husband. So that's, that's a validating thing, but to have it from the sisterhood, because that's where the wounds were from. Mm-hmm. This wasn't some man that made me feel bad about myself. These were women for years. And so to ha- it's like you need to work with women to heal that. Yes. Um, and so that, was, that would be my other big thing. Mm. Oh, so beautiful. I love how you pointed out that you feel like it's a feminine program and that it also was able to heal some of those deep inner mother wounds really mm-hmm. and how you were able to discover and empower your own inner feminine through all of this too and the program I like I love that you said I've never heard anyone say that I mean I know that yeah. <laughs> but I've never heard anyone else say that it's very feminine uh, because it's not about giving you a guided self-pleasure practice and in the guided self-pleasure practice I'm not telling you how to do it right no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's no technique, right? No, no. Yeah. So that is all a very masculine thing to like, be like, no, this is how it happens. Step one, step two, step three. But female sexuality is not that way. It's not that way. It's something, it is in a, it's an essence, like an original essence inside of you that you get to discover and that you get to express. And that is what the guided self-pleasure practices are about, are like helping you to tap back into that yes. original expression and feel safe to express it. Yes. And, and then, it's, a, it's a guided self-pleasure practice. It's not like 
it's not a how-to manual. Mm-hmm. It's just a guide. Like, so you don't end up, you know, picking at your fingernails or whatever because you're distracted. Like, it keeps you on task. <laughs> there you go. Helps you stay in the moment. <clears throat> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap I think, up? I'm checking my notes, but I think I got it all. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for this extremely vulnerable and epic share. And I just, I, wow, like that was incredible just to hear that whole recap. Uh, I think my favorite part about having y'all on the podcast is just giving you that opportunity to like have that reflection of your own change from your own work yeah. and just, you know, giving you that space to do that. Cause y'all have all just transformed so amazingly. I'm so proud of you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Veronica, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks Tilly. Okay. So if you're seeing yourself and Veronica, which I'm sure many of you are because her story is very common across many women that I talk with. I would highly encourage you to go apply for the August round of the program. You can head to the multiorgasmicmama.com forward slash centrally dash embodied dash woman, and you'll find all the information you need there to get started. And when you apply, all you're doing is booking a call to talk with me and determine if it's a good fit for you. So go apply at the multiorgasmicmama.com forward slash centrally dash embodied woman by July 22nd and wait for your life to be changed, hot mama. (laughs) 